Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hupka, and I am a chapter past president as well as a member of the pod squad here at Metro DC ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing a learning experience producer at Motive.io with over 15 years of experience in engaging others through technology and immersive reality experiences, Destry Hildenbrand. Welcome, Destry. Well, thank you so much for having me, Leticia. I appreciate it. Before we jump into our topic of virtual reality, tips on how to get started, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Of course, yeah. So uh, again, my name is Destry Hildenbrand. I've been in learning and development in some uh, format for the last 15-ish years. I started off as one of the uh, only people at the Yellow Yellow Pages. So that's that's where I started as a graphic designer back in the Yellow Pages where we physically turned pages of pieces of paper. It's, it was a long time ago. Things happened that way. <laughs> But um, so I started there and I was the only one who would get up in front of people and like talk and share knowledge and help people uh, guide people through stuff. So I started there and worked my way into technology and video editing and things like that. About five years ago, I started in augmented reality or I found a calendar and I scanned it with my phone and I was like, this is game changing. This is going to be the thing uh, that's going to happen next. And I need to know all of the things about this. So about five years ago, I started my immersive reality journey and it has led me through many events, many speaking proposals, many podcasts and all kinds of introductions and, and things things like that to uh, to motive where I develop virtual reality learning solutions for people now. So it's been a been a super fun thing and amazing technology and something new every single day. Very interesting. Now, Destry, let's tap into your expertise for our listeners. For those of us who need a little bit more clarity, what is a virtual reality learning experience? Sure. So what I'll do here is I'll back up even a little bit more because I think people have heard the terms augmented reality and virtual reality. So I'll give kind of a comparison there and then talk about the differences between the two. So when we talk about augmented reality, it's the digital overlay of information on top of the real world. So imagine you have your phone out and you've scanned a poster. And when you scan that poster, uh, digital pieces of content pop up, whether it's another image, maybe it's a link to a website, Maybe it's a video. This information is now enhanced. Uh, The information on your phone has now enhanced the poster that you have. So you're augmenting the world around you. Now that can expand into a lot of different things where we could have 3D models. Uh, Eventually we'll all be wearing glasses where we can augment our real world reality all the time. Now, in comparison, virtual reality is a completely simulated environment. And what virtual reality does is it's experienced through a headset that you put on that detaches you from the real world. And in this simulation, you're able to recreate any situation, any process, any procedure in this space so that your learners can actually practice physically hands-on, moving around and interacting with the environment around them. So augmented reality is that digital overlay that keeps you in the real world and virtual reality completely isolates you into this simulation 
where you can really focus on those learning objectives and goals. Great definition. Thank you for that. What are the benefits of using virtual reality in training? So virtual reality really enhances, there's about four or five things that, um, that it really, really helps us with. And one of the main things is that physical hands-on experience. Uh, as we've seen in the last, gosh, 18 months, two years now, presence is very valuable where we're around other people or we're even just in a location where we would normally do our job. And when we're not able to be there to do the job or to practice the job, uh, virtual reality gives us an opportunity to simulate any of the things that we had to do for that task uh, in a, a virtual environment. So virtual reality is absolutely amazing for uh, helping us in role play. So imagine with leadership training or crucial conversations, you know, we always, we have those types of classes and then you, they always have us partner up with somebody and it's like, ah, this is a little awkward. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at somebody else. We're both trying to play this part and do something a little different. So what virtual reality allows us to do is to practice those soft skills, as people call them, uh, where we can actually role play, interact, and practice what we have going on. Now, another great aspect of virtual reality is it allows us to recreate potentially dangerous or hazardous situations in a virtual environment. And with any of these potential scenarios, we can fail safely. So we can put people in dangerous situations without putting them in dangerous situations. We can fail practice, you know, debrief, get feedback, and then try again. So if we think about it from a, if we think about it from a 70-20-10 learning model, you know, we want 70% of it to be the hands-on. Well, virtual reality helps us get that hands-on, even if we can't be at a place to do the hands-on. This makes complete sense. Now, Destry, do all learning projects fit well into virtual reality? And what types of trainings would you say tend to be most successful in virtual reality? Yeah, those are great questions. And no, virtual reality is not a one-size-fit-all. Virtual reality works really well, as with most immersive solutions. And if you think about it, a lot of the solutions that we create as learning professionals, they work best as a blended part of your solution, right? So you want to have a little bit of everything. Maybe there's some in-class, maybe there's some videos they watch, maybe there's an e-learning, and then they're able to practice the skills they just learned in virtual reality. And that kind of leads right to where virtual reality really shines, is that anything you need your learners to get hands-on, whether it's building a widget, whether it's um, walking around and examining for hazardous, potential hazardous situations, Uh, We just did a project not too long ago in an open pit mine. And the last thing you want to do is put uh, new miners or existing miners in an unfamiliar situation and be like, all right, here we go, guys, have fun, you know? So you really want to talk to them about what to look for. And then before they even set foot on that mine, we're able to put them in a simulated environment where they can be around the big, the giant hauler trucks and the excavator above them. And they can start looking around to see what's actually happening. Uh, So identifying hazardous situations or a proper process or procedure. Another project we just got done working with is for a utility location company where they had to, you know, use their computer to find uh, an area, to examine the area, read the instructions about what they needed to do, put on their their PPE, so put on their protective equipment, and then use the actual uh, equipment to connect to the transformer, connect to the transmitter, all of those things process-wise they have to do. And what this does is in that simulated environment, it gives them that step-by-step building of that muscle memory 
So they have those, they're building those reps and that experience. So when they get to the real experience, when they're actually out in the field, they can look at whatever it is that they were doing and be like, oh, hang on, this looks very similar, very familiar. I'm putting the pieces together. And if it doesn't work, they already have that. Uh, they're already pre they're already prepared to troubleshoot. Oh, wait, this isn't working. So in the, in the simulation, I had to fix this. Let's double check this. So virtual reality, anytime we need to put people in a situation, again, that could be potentially dangerous, hazardous, uh, expensive to recreate. Maybe we can't send everybody every place they need to go. And anything we need to have them practice, as in physical, hands-on, moving around, that's where virtual reality really shines. Wow, you have just described really well the importance and the value of virtual reality. Thank you for that. Now, for our listeners who are just getting started with their virtual reality journey, how do you effectively plan your virtual reality projects and where do you start? That's a fantastic question. And that's the one that, that I get all the time. And the good news is, is that your listeners right now, they all have the skills they need to get started. So we're not, we're not completely reinventing the wheel in this case. So the things we do to prepare for learning and development, any of, the, any of the potential programs that we develop already, we have needs analysis. We're working with SMEs to identify proper procedures. We're building good use cases. These are all the planning and prep items that we need for any learning. And virtual reality learning is not any different. Now, the difference then comes in when you build your team. So you've got project managers, you've got instructional designers, you've got SMEs, and now you're going to need to add either a vendor or internal people who are computer developers, who are software developers, who can help you with whatever program you decide to build it in. Usually it's in a program called Unity or a program called Unreal, which are game development engines. And you need somebody who's an expert in that. And then you're also going to need a 3D artist. Now, so those are two pieces that you'll have to add on to your team, or you'll have to be willing to explore talking with a vendor. And speaking of that, one of the recommendations that I give everybody uh, is that it's always a good idea for your first project to reach out and work with somebody who's done it before, whether it's a vendor, whether it's an another team in your organization or whether it's you know, uh, maybe another partner that you have just in your, your local ATD branch. But trying to go uh, completely from scratch all by yourself the first time is a very, very tough road to, to take on this particular, on a virtual reality project. Yes, I can see that, for, especially for people who don't have a lot of knowledge in that area just yet. Now, you kind of touched on this a little bit. Can you share with us what are some key skills and personnel that are needed for effective virtual reality development team? Yeah, well, and like I said, um, most of the, the you, you know, you have a good portion of that team already in your organization. Chances are pretty good. So like I said, project managers, instructional designers, We'll need some content creators because it won't just be 3D assets, it won't just be 3D models and environments. It'll be um, images and videos and you know additional references. So depending on how much uh, depending on how much scaffolding you need within your experience to help them to help them kind of build and to help uh, to help the users understand what's happening in there. And then uh, again, you'll need you know you'll you'll need developers of some kind to help you with whatever. Uh, whatever tool you decide to use, whether it's Unity or Unreal, or maybe another tool that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, whatever it might be, you'll need somebody as an expert in that. And then you're going to need that 3D, artist at, that 3D artist role. And then you're also going to need a platform of some kind to share 
And then, of course, you're going to need hardware. So IT is always going to have to be involved so you can manage whatever uh, protocols you have at your organization. But you'll need some sort of a headset. You'll need some way to deploy to that headset. And then you'll need some way to manage content once it's on that headset. So, so that does kind of round out sort of where your team is. So like I said, you're about halfway there. If you've got you know, your IDs, your project managers, your subject matter experts, some content creators, and then you're going to have to really kind of uh, branch out a little bit into some of these more specialized roles. Wow, this is very helpful. And I know some of our more techie listeners are happy to hear some of these uh, platforms you mentioned. Now, some talent development professionals may be wondering if virtual reality projects are actually feasible for their organizations. So you did mention working with maybe a SME or a vendor to get started for some kind of mentorship on how to get going there. Can you share with our listeners any data and insights on the cost of virtual reality projects in general? Yeah, you know, and it really depends, um, kind of like any project, it depends on how how detailed the, the process or procedure is that you're trying to do. It depends on how um, how specialized the models need to be. What you're looking at and what we've seen is that um, as you start to compare it to other types of, of learning and development, if you figure, you know, building e-learning modules or hiring a vendor to help you build e-learning modules, you're looking at the cost is probably going to be a little bit higher than that. Exact dollars, I can't really give without, you know, without really knowing more about what the actual pro- what the actual projects are about. But what you're going to see is, is you're going to see that initially you're going to spend a little bit more money because you do have to find these specialized roles or you're, you're hiring out a vendor who can maybe help you, you know, help you get started. Uh, but the, the ROI that we've seen on some of these, um, let's take the, uh, the mine experience, for example. They had one group run through the actual sit down in class and they had another group that um, just did, they, they did the class and then they did a test and then the other group did the class and then they did the VR training. And what they saw in sort of immediate gains out of that was um, a 50% plus retention rate for those who went through VR versus, um, you know, 50% better uh, than those who actually sat in the class. Another thing we were lucky to do is to actually get some feedback 30 days, 60 days uh, down the road, which as L&D professionals, you guys, you know that that's almost unheard of. <laughs> Most of the time, once they're in, they're out, they're on their way. We we never get them back because we can't we can't be off the floor or whatever is happening in there. But we're seeing those same types of those same types of numbers. And I, I apologize, I had this written down and it was on a a page for me, but I don't have it here with me in front of me. But we saw very similar high retention rates out of that after that thirty and sixty days versus just the the people who went through the the in class. So. The big benefit here is that uh, when we find that home run use case, when you find that, that space where it really makes the most sense to simulate a process or procedure along the way, um, where they have to get those hands-on reps where they're, you know, again, building a widget or, or looking for hazards, like those are the types of things that really stick with them with our learners because they actually physically have already done it. Even if it wasn't in the exact environment they were going to look at, our brains are these amazing things that put all these pieces together for us. And we're able to take those simulated experiences and build on our, our life experiences based on those that we can then translate into the physical world. 
Wow, it definitely helps with engagement. Now, you've already shared so much, but one last question. Are there any additional easy go-to resources that you would recommend? I think one of the biggest things you'll want to do is is do as much research and practice as much as possible. So I just want to let all your users know that I'm giving you permission to go purchase a VR headset and buy as many experiences as you can and just play. That's the that's what I'm that's what I'm telling everybody to do. I highly encourage you to invest this, invest the you know take that investment or make that investment in virtual reality because the more you know and the more you share with everyone around you in your organization it can help everybody start to generate those ideas. And I think the more you know about it, the better you'll be. I think it's also important as we discuss the differences between augmented and virtual reality. Uh, it's also when people start saying virtual reality, sometimes they, uh, they reference anything in a headset and they'll call it VR. Um, sometimes they'll reference or they'll refer to uh, 360 video as virtual reality and it is immersive. It's not quite the same. So understanding the differences between fully simulated versus 360 video versus augmented reality, that's the type of educational path that uh, your listeners will want to take to make sure that they fully understand what they're doing. Before you commit any time, before you commit tons of money into something, make sure that everybody's on the same, you know, same starting place uh, so that we don't have any confusion along the way. That is never a fun conversation to have six months into a project. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Thank you so much. Yeah, I do have to say I am a huge fan of VR. I have two headsets that I play with on the weekends. <laughs> I was just going to say it's, it's amazing. It really is. Like it's, it's the... Like I said before, the, the fact that your brain really starts to treat it as real after about five, six minutes in a quality, in a quality experience, you almost start to forget that you're in there. Um, I've, seen, I've seen my kids or I've, I've myself tried to lean against the table or, you know, but it's not actually there. I just, you just fall forward. It's not really there. So yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've only played games, but I did see there's one app, which I wish there were more. I wish it's like an entrepreneur would go in and do more of this, but there's uh, there's one app where you can give a presentation and you can have different audiences and they actually have uh, different uh, looks on their faces on depending on how engaging you are and it actually has stats on like how many filler words are you using how many you know active versus passive and it, it's just fascinating I wish there was more of that out there for the individual. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that'd be really neat. I've actually done that app. Um, it was at a, they had it at ATD ICE uh, or ATD 21. Oh, yeah, they, they were there and I got a chance to do it. And it was really neat because the headset also had, it was reading your biometrics. So it could like your heart rate and your, your respiratory rate. So at the end, wow. in those statistics, they gave you, hey, apparently this was really hard for you because you got super excited about it and your heart started beating faster and you were breathing heavier. <laughs> so that was the, you know, but you're right. You can have those, um, those different experiences. Anything you need to do to practice to help you to do an actual real task, it could be anything like that. And I think the cool part about it is that even though VR has been around for such a long time, it's still very much in its infancy and in how we can utilize it in L&D. And I think I'm super excited. Every time I get to talk places, I just, make people promise me that when they do cool stuff, they'll share it with me again. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So maybe that's the next step is we need like a, like a LinkedIn learning, but not necessarily LinkedIn on headsets. <laughs> exactly. Well, what we really need is a community yeah. that as they start to build or they, they need to ask questions, you know, that's the great part about 
things like ATD, that you can start to build these little sub communities or these sub, you know, commissions that can talk yeah. about that and, and share that type Ooh. of information. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. really important because that's part of that. What I was mentioning earlier in is, uh, is to be able to have people you can talk to who have done it, you know, to help you not have to start from scratch because that's the hardest thing is when you're just like, all right, I don't know much about it and nobody in the organization knows much about it. Let's do it. And then you're like, whoa, hang on. That doesn't seem like a, a recipe for success long-term, you know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So great advice that you've shared with us, but it's time for some rapid Ooh, fire. I'm ready. ready. Awesome. Okay. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. So my, my go-to book is Resonate uh, by Nancy Duarte. And storytelling, I think, is so huge when it comes to L&D. And I think it's something that we miss, like it's a missed opportunity for us a lot of times. I know over the years when I've built uh, e-learning or video learning or micro learning, whatever kind of learning, I know that uh, afterwards I always think, you know, it would have been great if we could have built up the story more and got our learners more engaged before we actually dumped everything on them. So yeah, that's my go-to uh, resource. Uh, lots of awesome. folded bent pages and post-it notes everywhere with things <laughs> I wish I, was, I had more time to do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Uh, so one of the latest tools I used, uh, I found and started using was called uh, Milanote. Uh, so M-I-L-A-N-O-T-E. And it's a storyboarding tool. So again, kind of along the same storytelling theme, I do a lot of that now. Uh, so uh, finding a way that I can visualize and create things and share with other people, uh, Milanote was a really fun tune, a really fun uh, tool to, uh, to start using. Oh, excellent. I just wrote it down. <laughs> so what's the best piece of talent development related advice that you've ever been given? For a lot of time, for a long time in this industry, I didn't realize there was that there was more people out there that did the same thing I did. I'm not sure why I felt like I lived on an island as a as a learning and development professional. Uh, but the uh, the best piece of advice that I've received is that you can't do it alone. Like you have to have either a team or a, a group, or you know, and that's where the the ATDs of the world come in. And um, being able to realize that everybody does does certain things really well and the things that you don't do really well it's okay to ask for help it's not a crutch it's uh you know it's okay to come out and be like hey you know what this isn't something i'm super great at and maybe i don't want to be great at it maybe i need to find somebody else who can help me you know i can i can leverage their greatness so oh absolutely yeah that's what i love about our community okay what's one thing you're excited about that's coming up in the next year or so <sighs> Gosh, you know, I think I'm just really excited about face-to-face -face events again. I think that's yeah. one of the big things. I'm super <laughs> excited about safe, you know, opportunities to to meet people. I've had an opportunity here this fall to go a couple places, and uh, it's just been so much. It's been so much fun to see people again and to realize just how much I missed <laughs> the community in person. You know, I think uh, yeah, I think the rectangle that we all stare into all day long is fine for a while, but every once in a while, you really need that that presence. You know, we just I think we all just, I personally, I don't know for everybody, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I just took for granted just the physical presence I, I had and how often I had it with, you know, the world around me. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that uh, kind of growing and, and us finding that, that new space where this will all work out for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final one. What is the one thing within our industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? You know, it's something we've kind of already touched on, and that's the community. Um, I don't think that this last year and a half, two years would have been 
I would have been nearly as successful and motivated as I have been without being able to create those new relationships or have those opportunities of places to go online or to ask for help. I think the community that we have in the L&D industry is one of the best that I've heard about, one of the best that I've been a part of, and all of the fantastic people that are out there, and the opportunities to meet new people as I'm doing today with, with you guys, <laughs> with the Pod Squad. So yeah, it's been, it's been super awesome to just meet new people and talk to new people. And, and just, uh, yeah, that, that whole community, I think, has been, been really, really important to me. So. Yes, the feeling is mutual, Destry. We are so happy you joined us today to share your passion and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was, uh, I had a great time. Good, and thank you to my co-host as well. Oh, this was fun. Yeah, this really was. I have to say in full disclosure, as you were answering your rapid fire questions, I was definitely adding a VR headset to a virtual shopping cart out there. So <laughs> I'm sold. I am sold. I can't wait to get more into this. Very cool. Very cool. If you have any, if you have any questions on it, don't hesitate to reach out. Everybody can find me. I'm, I'm online. So if anybody has questions, I'm here to answer them. Fantastic. <laughs> or... <laughs> oh, thank you. You'll hear from me. <laughs> We really appreciate it. And thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Membership in the Metro DCATD provides you with multiple benefits to enhance your career. Not a member yet? What are you waiting for? Go to dcatd.org forward slash membership application to join on the chapter today love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review.